Hi, everyone. This is Jack, co-host of the Summer Reading Podcast, coming at you live, not live, but not dead either, far in the future, before we even start to tell you that we like to swear. It's an explicit podcast. It's not crazy, uh, but we do say bad words, you know, like fooey, and we call each other cur a lot, like almost nonstop, and uh, what have you. We're good for a good what have you here uh, here and there. So just so you know, if you want to protect your, your delicate paper ears from uh, our, our cutting remarks, um, just be aware of that. So uh, sit back or, I don't know, go for a jog, whatever you do when you listen to podcasts. I'm not your dad. I could be. We don't know. Pretty sure I'm not. Send me a letter. Coming up on the Summer Reading Podcast. When you, when you trick, when you're like buzzed on wine, you're like, you know what? I will run for president. <laughs> I think I know all of the answers. And then they'll they'll look at me and I'll I'll be in the first debate and they'll say, Okay, um uh Jack, what does GDP stand for? Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, it's a good question. Summer Reading Podcast. This is the podcast where a professor and a librarian read and review, don't you know, all of the books you were assigned to read in English class. I am your professor. All of them. My name is Jack. My (laughs) pronouns are he, him. And I am your librarian. My name is Marty and my pronouns are she, her. And today is sort of our continuation of Bug Night, because we're, we're recording these sort of two in a row where we had done, uh, we just finished up Charlotte's Web, and now we are doing The Metamorphosis by Franz Kafka. Indeed. Um, although E.B. White may take uh, offense at you calling Charlotte uh, a bug, because spiders are arachnids. And I do believe that the metamorphosis, he is turned into an insect. Okay. <laughs> Let's get one thing straight, Mason. I don't fucking care. <laughs> That's exactly the reaction I was hoping for, Jack. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. If we're distinguishing between arachnids, which is a rather specific thing, and a bug, which (laughs) is not, (laughs) I will walk out of here right now. I'm I'm in my humid room. This is the room where I keep the Zoom call. (laughs) I will end it. I will end the call right here and now. Don't do it. I will stand in front of a fan. To get the sweat off of me, because I just can't in this room. Just can't in this room. It's just, just so can't. much all the time. All the time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over it. Okay, but so, the metamorphosis. The metamorphosis. I'm sorry that I, I'm fucking around. Let's get into it. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Um, I am... Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm I'm excited to talk to you, and it was fun talking about Charlotte's Web, and it's gonna be interesting to kind of switch gears and jump into Kafka here. Um, this is pretty pretty um, big shift, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm good. I, I've been eating some Halloween candy, probably more than I should. I had uh, <laughs> oh shut up. I had a good dinner tonight. And, like, enjoy the candy. <laughs> enjoy the candy. It's true. En- enjoy one thing without strings. Uh, it's true. That's so true, Jack. You're right. Um, oh. Remember this, the Simpsons the Simpsons thing I sent you, like, a, like a m- months ago a at this month point? Months ago. 
Probably. It was like a, a nun on the guitar. Yes. It was like, <laughs> if you're happy and you know it, that's a sin. Yes. Oh, my God. Me. I didn't even hesitate. I'm like, this is so Marty. This is my Catholic guilt right here. Right here. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, no, but I'm good. Uh, I had, I actually had a really delicious fried chicken sandwich tonight and thought of you. Um, what? Mm-hmm. That's my thing. I know. I know. We went, we went out to eat and, um, Will did a really good job actually at the restaurant and I was looking at the menu and I was like, Ooh, fried chicken sandwich. I'm going to get that. Mm. And I'm going to tell Jack about it later. And it I was... almost had one yesterday, Ooh. but I was going through their menu mm-hmm. and I saw that they had a Buffalo chicken wrap. Ooh. Also I, very good. I was like, what would a well-rounded person who almost <laughs> exclusively orders from this fried chicken restaurant <laughs> order for lunch right now? <laughs> so I, so you got the wrap. <laughs> I got the buffalo chicken wrap, and um, I was happy I got it, but yeah. every second I was eating it, I was all like, it's just not the same. Not the same? <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so how are you, Jack? What's going on? Um, doing well. said earlier, um, on my third glass of wine. I love it. Jealous? Um, notably, a notably different buzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from, from bourbon. When I'm when I'm buzzed on bourbon, I'm like, like you could palpably feel lonely, oh. <laughs> which is crazy because I quite enjoy the flavor. <laughs> but when you when you drink when you're like buzzed on wine, you're like, you know what? I will run for president. <laughs> I think I know all of the answers. And then they'll they'll look at me and I'll I'll be in the first debate and they'll say, Okay, um uh Jack, what does GDP stand for? Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, it's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Kroll for president. <laughs> <laughs> cozy buzz I think I think it's nice like whenever I have had uh vino to the point where I'm like ooh, I I don't regret it later I like I just feel like happy and sleepy and it's it's pleasant I drink it with friends now yeah that's it it's like a social yeah it's a social alcohol yeah man we do it when I was away at residency back during the summer Mm mm-hmm I was doing gin and tonic for a couple nights because that's my go-to, uh, but it just wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. So I was like, night four, I switched to wine. There was no turning back. Yeah. I was like, I'm alive. You're alive. Yeah. Let's talk about books together. I know. It like it. It is a. Um. It's like a convivial. Is that the right yes. word? It's a yeah. convivial drink. <laughs> yes. It's a good word for yeah. it. It's, yeah. It's a rather, a rather convivial pour. <laughs> Waiter. Me with my Pinot and you with your Pepsi with Zero. With my Pepsi Zero. Waiter, please, please bring me a glass of your most... Garçon. Convivial wine. <laughs> you there like, expires February 2023. Mm. A fine year. A fine year, indeed. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. So, doing good. 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 Doing good. I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) So, let's... You want to talk Franz? Yeah! You want to talk Franz a little bit? So, it's interesting because... Yes, I do. But I want to preface this with... before, Before jumping on the pod with you... Um... I was trying to remember if I've ever read Kafka before. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about the metamorphosis and realizing as I read it, I've never read this, but I totally know it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't... You've heard it before. I don't know it, know it. But like... Yeah. And I was trying to pinpoint like where in the ether it has existed or like, like how did I come to have it be part of my... Um, just sort of everyday knowledge, you know, oh yeah, Metamorphosis Mm -hmm. by Kafka without ever really reading it or even reading like a synopsis of it or anything like that. So Uh, I, 
am of the school of thought that the metamorphosis, bear with me, <laughs> does not have the popularity of Star Wars. Right. But I feel like the concept of person turns into bug. Yeah. Is very much in the sort of cultural canon. Yeah, yeah. Of what we feel like. When, when we think about, like, a yellow brick road. When right. When we think about, Luke, I am your father. Yes. When we think about sparkly vampires, even. Right, like, right. Th- th- these are sort of easily recognized media cultural touchstones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea of waking up one morning and being a bug. Yeah. If that's it, if it's just that one detail, it is known. Yeah. It is a known detail. Yeah, it's... You may never have heard the name Kafka before. You right. You may have never heard of the metamorphosis before. But, like, you might step back and be like, well, wasn't there a thing where right. it didn't turn into a bug? Exactly, exactly. It's so funny. Like, yeah. Um, but anyway, I am... I. And then yes, I was try I was so I was trying to pinpoint if I had actually read this. And then I was like, have I actually read Kafka? And I honest to god cannot tell you. <laughs> and I <laughs> now I'm going to look at the other uh, the other stories in this collection. Oh, I read In the Penal Colony. That's the one. Okay. In the past or for today? In the past. <laughs> In the past. I love the idea if you, like, of you being <laughs> in the penal colony and being like, isn't there supposed to be a bug in this? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I read it in, I think, in a short story class that I took in freshman year of college a thousand years ago. I read in the penal colony mm-hmm. um, today, not today, a couple days ago when I read the book. Okay. Um, I think for the first time. Okay. I will say, I'm like, that's a good, that's a strong start to a. Yeah. Short story. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to. I, now I kind of want to go back and reread it, but I remember being. Yeah, um, go for it. Yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah, right now. <laughs> you just talk about metamorphosis. Not even out loud. And I'll, and I'll just read to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Vamp. 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 Um, yeah, so <laughs> you probably have um, information about Kafka that you would like to share, I would imagine. Yes. Um, I, yes, and I will, um, after I tell you that I have read this before. Okay. Um, uh, but I read it for, I didn't read it for class. I read it for shits and gigs. Mm. Um, and it's one of the books in my Barnes and Noble classics section. Very nice. Of my library. Yeah. Um, so I read Metamorphosis and I read the, all the other books, all the other books, all the other Stories, stories in the stories yeah. in the collection because it's rather short. It is, yeah. I think that's a surprising detail. It's like when you sit down and do Jekyll and Hyde. Yes, I yeah. think people ex- expect classics to be rather long, right? Um, or err on the the laborious side of length. Yeah. Um, to which is subjective to if you even like to read or not. Mm. Um, but I've read it before. I couldn't tell you when, mm-hmm. which leads me to believe it was 2017 when I read it. Cause, ah, because that's the black hole year. Yeah, because it yeah. was not a good year. Yeah. I was still reading that year. Yeah. Uh, but if I have a foggy memory of when it happened, it probably happened in that year. Fair. Um, there's like a handful of books I can definitively say that was 2017. Yeah. Uh, because they stand with me as like, like I read, I read more than 100 books that year. And there's like maybe four or five that I'm like, I love that one. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, we've all uh, had years like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've all had our 2017. <laughs> Yeah, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, I, I picked this up, and I, I read this before, and uh, the first time I read it, I got into it, like, the first couple pages, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And then after those couple pages, I sort of zoned out, Yeah, as I say, I, I tend to do. I read a lot, but it's very difficult for a book to grip me mm-hmm. the whole time, um, but I'll always see it through. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, that, that was my memory of it. So it was like the gist. Hmm. Uh, my memory of it is, I think, what the cultural memory of the metamorphosis is. Right. I don't think people will, I don't think people go to like 
I don't know, the salon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I'm so fucking out of touch. Um, Hi, I'd like to get some highlights today. Let's talk about the metamorphosis. (laughs) I wasn't even, so, I wasn't even thinking about that kind of salon. Oh, you're... I was thinking of like the classical time where like, like you get together with some of your learned, learned philosophical peers. Oh wow! And you just talk about the state of the world. And, and of course, so. I go straight to you know the beauty no, and but skincare. You're correct. That is how we use the word now. Oh my um, god! That's <laughs> incredible. Oh. And do it, but like, but like I, I don't mm. see this really like unless, unless your, your group is like. We are such readers and scholars. Yes. And we love this. We love Kafka. And we, we shan't do anything until we pick up America with a K instead of a C. And, and sit down and say, yes, let's yes. talk about the bug. Like, yeah. like unless you're, you're that level of Kafka. Right. Um, I don't see you really engaging with metamorphosis more than... He's a bug. He turns into a bug. Yeah, and it's it's funny because I feel like people who are Kafka, let's call them Kafka heads, um, Kafka esque. Yeah, like they they I, they're not my people. Like I, I don't I don't see myself hanging out with with the Kafka fan club necessarily. Um, I feel like they smoke menthol cigarettes. Yeah, the Kafka fan club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they wear like all black all the time. <laughs> I don't. And know. they know more about coffee than I do. Yes. Oh, so much more. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I, I can see why I can see why you would kind of kind of zone on this one. Yeah, yeah. After so... the big reveal. <laughs> <laughs> The big reveal of, oh, he's turned into a bug. It's the first, like, couple lines. It's like lines. the very first thing that happened. Yeah, he's exactly. a bug now. <laughs> if if the book was Gregor's, Gregor Samza woke up and he was a bug and the story ends there, <laughs> I would probably be okay with it. <laughs> Not that I'm against the story. No, no, yeah. But, like, for, for the amount of... Um, cultural capital the metamorphosis takes up i feel like that's it that, that contains is it, it. Yeah. yeah um so but if you're a kafka head and your blood is at present boiling boiling absolutely well, let's let's get it let's get into it let's so, get into it yeah so, all right so uh the metamorphosis was written in 1912 and published in 1915 okay um for uh, today's recording, I read this article from the New Yorker uh, called "On Translating Kafka's The Metamorphosis" by Susan Bernofsky, who, as the title of the article may allude to, translated the Metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one, it's always interesting looking linguistically at like the choices translators make when when translating something totally but one of the things i really enjoyed about this article is just the basic basic background historical background that she provides on the 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 life world Mm. of the metamorphosis so um originally published in german uh kafka wrote this novella in essentially two long sittings. Oh, wow. Um, and he uh, then read parts of the metamorphosis to his peers, his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and they referred to it, I believe, as <laughs> the bug piece. It was his bug piece. I like that. It was his bug piece. So word got around about the bug piece, and uh, Kafka was actually approached um, by uh, a publisher, Kurt Wolf, to publish it in uh, Leipzig. I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly. Leipzig. Leipzig. My Leipzig. Um, uh, Which, one, if you're a creative writer, that's the fucking dream. Mm Mm-hmm. You, you share your story with your friends and your friends talk yeah. about it with their friends and their friends offer to publish it for you. That's Amazing. a best case scenario. Yeah, yeah, um, totally. Uh, so it was, it was published, uh, it was written in 1912 and it was published in 
Leipzig in uh, 1915, uh, and to this day is was one of his best known works. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but one of the things I really, really want to point out about the history of the metamorphosis is, um, uh, is in fact, I'm just going to read this straight from this article. Uh, so Bernofsky writes, on November 17th, 1912, Kafka wrote to his fiancée, Felice Bauer, they, they had like a, a yes, we're going to get married, no, we're going to... We're not going to get married. Oh, they're on again, off time. again. Yeah. 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 Felice Bauer. That he was working on a story that, quote, came to me in my misery lying in bed, unquote, and now was haunting him. Wow. Um, and I cannot stress this enough. Kafka, as a teenager in the modern day, would be working at a hot topic. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Um. But, like, the idea, like, I, I see people quoting from Kafka's, like, journals and diaries yeah, yeah. Uh, quite quite a lot because he's got some good sound bites in there. But the idea that he's, this is his best known work and yeah. what, he writes, what he writes to his, at the time, paramour, that his best known work came to him in his misery whilst lying in bed. Um, Man. Yeah. And, and you read The Metamorphosis and you're like, yeah. Yep, yep, I get that. Oh, That's man. That's it. Yeah. He, he's miserable, he's a bug, and he's in bed. And he's stuck. And, and he's stuck there. Nobody wants him around. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the beginning of the metamorphosis, but but Kafka himself mm-hmm. was born in 1883, mm-hmm. uh, and he died in 1924 of tuberculosis. Oof. Uh, yeah, that that old chestnut TB yeah, takes a lot of them. He grew up in an upper middle class uh, Jewish family. Okay. Um, and he studied law at the University of Prague. Uh, and because he died relatively young, mm-hmm. uh, his friend Max Broad, probably pronouncing that incorrectly, published a lot of his work posthumously. Okay. Um, I think some of his more famous novels, like America. Okay. I believe was was pu- one of the works that was published. I think the trial as well. Oh, okay. Pos- okay. Posthumously, um, yeah. And then so that's I think those are the grand sweeping bits of it. Uh, but the my one thing is I wanted to point out sort of um, biography dot com. <laughs> y- you could tell like some entries are people's passion projects. Oh yes. And some entries. Are not. Was Kafka um, a passion project? I'm so Ka- there is there feels like so much detail <gasps> wow. on Kafka's life. But not only that, my my thing was this entry sounds a little biased in favor of Kafka and his sufferings. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um because uh if I can find this this paragraph. So this is from biography.com. Kafka had a difficult relationship with both of his parents. His mother, Julie, was a devoted homemaker who lacked the intellectual depth to understand her son's dreams to become a writer. No. Kafka's father, Herman, had a forceful personality that often overwhelmed the Kafka home. He was a success in business, making his living retailing uh, retailing men's and women's clothes. Uh, And then it goes on to say about, like, Herman's big personality. But the idea that they specify that his mother lacked the intellectual depth to understand her son's dreams. Yeah, I don't like that one bit. That seems brutal to talk about, like, a dead woman. I know. And also, like, I mean, fuck you. Like, what do you know about Kafka's mom? (laughs) Yeah, you you live there? Yeah. Oh, man. That is so... So brutal. Like the idea, of, like she, of uh, if if some biographer, wow, f- fucking a hundred years from now says, Crowell lacked the the intellectual depth to understand his that friend Mason's so dreams. So awful. I'd be like, fuck you! I knew yeah. her better than you. <laughs> and the fact that they specifically say lacked the intellectual depth, I mean, that's like. It, 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 my gut instinct is to say it feels misogynistic. Absolutely. Uh, because they're like, oh, she was a dedicated homemaker. She was a homemaker. <laughs> she wasn't what the kids call a Kafka head. Oh, my God. That is so awful. They could have just said they didn't understand each other. Exactly. Yes. 
Yeah. And that's all biography.com yeah. needs wow. to say. Wow. Or like they had a fraught relationship. Whatever. Yeah. Like, you, but you don't have to like take down Kafka's mom. Like, I know. I'm sure she it's was like, a lovely woman. Jeez, you don't got to <laughs> put two bad bitches against each other. Wow. Um, so it then goes on to say that Kafka pretty much generally had an unhappy life. Mm. It reminded me a bit like when we were talking about Poe. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the only difference between Kafka and Poe is Poe's co-workers seem to think that he was a hard ass and a miserable sod. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kafka's co-workers mm-hmm. thought Kafka was actually fairly charismatic. Ah, interesting. He's fairly like a, a good looking and, and nice guy. Um the only person who didn't seem huh. to think this was Kafka. Oh, huh. oh, Kafka. Yeah, there was actually there was something in the introduction of this book that I was um, looking at, and this is the uh, yeah, this is the Barnes and Noble Classics. So I actually am reading the same edition as you, I believe. Um, I don't think you are. No, because this nope. Well, shit. You've got an ancient one. An ancient one. Well, mine is the one the kids are reading. <laughs> mine is mine is a new translation by Donna Freed. So, I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> mine is just translated by Donna Freed. Oh, well, let's see who has the newer copy then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the introduction, the the very first line is Describing a photograph of Kafka, Thomas Mann, one of his foremost advocates, remarked that his eyes were dreamy, but also penetrating. And I was like, well, (laughs) (laughs) sounds like Thomas Mann had a crush. That's horny. (laughs) Right? That is capital H horny. Yeah, like dreamy, but penetrating. I mean, I like that. (laughs) I feel like that's like every count. Of yeah. Kafka from anyone who's not Kafka. So funny! Wow. Boy needed he, some. He's like a he's thoughtful. Yeah, yeah. Like you read his work and this guy, he's not happy. Oh but he is no, thoughtful. he's very thoughtful. I agree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so uh, that's. Do you have anything else on Kafka? No, no. You like to throw it? Uh, no, I, I had, <laughs> I had nothing. <laughs> I. <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> okay, so uh, the metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. Um, the metamorphosis tells the story of Gregor Samsa. Um, Gregor, for some reason, is a name that I really struggle with saying. I, it's a name that I really like, but I, I, I like it too. Yeah, but but Gre- Gregor. Gregor, yes. Gregor. It feels like I get the meter off. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. Yeah. Um. Like, oh, which which one do I put the stress on? The Greg or the Or? Gregor. Gregor. <laughs> Gregor. Gregor. <laughs> Gregor. 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 Uh, okay, S- save it for your theater class. <laughs> What's the objective word? Hmm. Is it Samsa? Is it insect? Is it bed? Oh, my God. Gregor. Gregor. Um... Tells the story of Gregor Samsa and and his family. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gregor Samsa is a traveling salesman who is the uh, primary breadwinner for his family. Yeah. So he's got uh, a sister named Greta. Um, she's the only member of the family, uh, pretty much the only other character we actually get a name yes. for. Um, uh, yeah. Then his father and his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, most of these characters are named sort of in relation to Gregor. Right. Like the mother, the the father, and the even, sister. And even Greta, yeah, they, they he re- yes. refers to her as the sister. The sister more often than mm-hmm. not. The op- the office manager. Um, yep. Uh, and the charwoman. Charwoman. The charwoman. And, and Gregor wakes up one day turned into uh, an insect. Um, and... Uh, I learned actually that when offered to publish it, Kafka did not want a depiction of a specific insect on oh. the cover uh, because he sort of wanted the description of the insect to be vague. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he wakes up one day, he can't go to work, and in fact, because he's a bug now, he, he's never going to go to work ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, and suddenly, 
a shift happens between him being the primary provider for his family to his family suddenly needing to take care of him. Yeah. Um, so it happens as the family slowly becomes, uh, grows into their more and more dire straits. Uh, the sister Greta takes care of him more and more, mm -hmm. starts thinking about him more and more. Um, but as it happens, the father finds work. It's not enough. Uh, the Gregor gets out one day. The neighbors see him. They think this place is infested with disgusting bugs. Mm -hmm. uh, the the sister says, actually, it might be best if, if we get rid of Gregor. Mm -hmm. Gregor, upset, is like, you know, I won't be a burden if I'm dead. Yeah. And so he Just dies. Goes off and dies. He dies. And then in the end, everything comes up perfectly rosy. Oh. For uh, for Gregor's family, it's so yeah. fucking brutal. It's just it, it, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is brutal. Do you have anything to add to that synopsis? No, or? no. I think that is a perfect synopsis. Um, it's uh, the yeah the the shift between them taking care of him being taken care of him and then them taking care of him and then them growing to resent him for mm -hmm. existing and needing to be taken care of. It's just, to me, that's the whole story. It's like, yes. Yeah. So let, let's start with that. Actually. <clears throat> yeah. Um, as I was doing research on the spark notes, sort of phrases that as the limits of sympathy. Mm, okay. Are we back? I think so. Okay, the li the limits of sympathy, um, and uh, th there there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, with the, with the idea of um, sympathy sort of being this non renewable resource. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, because uh, you know me, I'm I'm a sucker for tenderness. <laughs> yeah. This is not a tender book. Oh no, this book is so it's it has a moment where you think that tenderness is going to prevail, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um when when the sister begins taking care of Gregor, yep. Yep. she is very um kind and thoughtful and she noticed i would say empathetic yeah yeah to his issue absolutely and she, like she changes the food for him yeah she moves the furniture because she thinks he'll have more fun yep yep and um and there's frustration on his part because he can't communicate to her but she's trying really hard mm -hmm. to care for him and to know that to let him know that they're not abandoning him and that's a huge, I think she actually says that somewhere in the book that, um, or it, it's either her or the mother, but one of them says like, he needs to know that we're not abandoning him, that we still have hope for him, that we mm -hmm. still love him. And, and to see that deteriorate <laughs> is so, I don't know. It's like, it's heartrending. I, I think there's something to say for like the generational solidarity that yeah. those siblings ha have, yeah. have for each other. So Gregor had solidarity mm -hmm. for his whole family. Just mm -hmm. saying he, he took an, an incredibly exhausting position to keep his family secure. Right. Um, and then the sister who has solidarity to him of just saying he's family. Mm -hmm. it, it's like she's the only one who understands what he went through to take care of them. Right. Right. Um, and yet it runs out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and on those grounds, I found it very difficult to connect with this book. I, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, not because I, I've never turned in to a bug myself. <laughs> um, but in fact, I was thinking about, I have in my notes here, it's like, this is just what retail is like. Oh my God. At the, <laughs> Oh, in my notes here, it says, like, when the manager shows up at the apartment to complain oh, my God. that yeah. is not attending work, in my head, I was just thinking of a manager saying, I don't think you're considering how this affects the team. Yep. Yep. Um, and it's such a 
fucking slimy, oh, weaselly. So awful. Yeah. We are losing money because you've turned into a bug. Yeah. Have you yeah. considered me? Oh. I see you're having a problem, but have you thought about me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, I um, I do feel like as I started to read this and there was so much emphasis on um, his worth as related to his monetary gain. Mm-hmm. And I really, I could connect with that in a way that made me angry. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, I think actually... that's one of the main things that makes Gregor Samsa a relatable character. Yeah, part- yeah. Still, and particularly today. Yeah, because, and I think there is so much in our society, and it's actually, not, like, talking about it and thinking about it, you know, this was written over 100 years ago, and really that hasn't changed, you know? Like, lots of times you are made to feel unworthy if you're not mm. quote unquote pulling your weight in a, in a financial way, or if you're not, mm. um, you are not deemed successful until you have financial success. Mm. Um, the other elements of life, you know, your relationships, your, your personal growth, the, the things that you bring to your community, that doesn't matter as much as did you make six figures this year or whatever. Um, so that I could find. This fucking sucks. It sucks. Oh, it yeah. hurts so bad. Yeah, it, but it's it's relatable. But then. Because it's it's social and it's internalized. Mm. Yes. Oh, um, oh my God, yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I cut you off. Keep going. No, no, no. But the the more I read it, by the end of the book, when Gregor's dead and they all are just retreating to the countryside and feeling happy, I put the book down and I said, I don't know what I was supposed to get from that. <laughs> like It just left me like feeling like sad and empty and like just all it was was people are horrible to each other when you come right down to it you know and i think I'm, i think hollowness yeah. is like an intentional takeaway yeah from, from this story that's a good way to put it hollowness because that is um, how i felt i was just like i don't know what where where do i it sucks yeah where do um, i go from here <laughs> we were talking in the break um about our our shared passion for the british drama called the midwife oh, so good. Um, and Call the Midwife would never end a story this mm-hmm. way. <laughs> um, that is so true. Uh, because it's it says it says a lot. It it says a lot about. I would say capitalism and the inevitability of misery. Mm. Um, I would say the fact that the Gregor, who in the beginning was fundamentally the primary supporter of the entire family. Mm-hmm. Um, in By the end, sort of becomes emblematic of what hold, held the family back. Yeah. Um, it, it presents a futility in, in the prose where it doesn't matter how hard you work, people will be better off without you. Oof. Um, yeah, which is like someone fucking hug this guy. God, no kidding. (laughs) I know. I know. Yeah. And it's the, the deterioration, the like slow deterioration of how they care for him and also like how he perceives his days and his life Mm. is really hard to read. It's like. You know, it goes from his sister coming in every day and bringing him food and making sure that he's eaten some of it to, and, you know, cleaning and all of that to, like, she just shoves whatever in there. She doesn't even check to see if he's eaten it. He doesn't even care. He's just, like, living his life wasting away. Mm. Um, And there's that one moment where she's playing the violin 
and he hears it and he comes out to the door because he wants he wants to hear it and he wants to like share this beauty and share this moment and what happens but the the boarders see him and they're like ew like we're not gonna pay you guys rent and the whole family just like turns on him (laughs) because they're like Oh my god, like you're when so When he becomes an active threat to yeah. the capitalist vision. Yeah. Then they can resolve their dissatisfactions and say you got to go. Right. It's so awful. And he agrees with them. Yeah. He's like, "Listen, if you're not going to make money and I'm costing you money, I might as well die." Ugh. Which is like, oh, fucking I know. And, like, I, I remember... All like, because you wanted to listen to music. I got to that part, and I was like, okay, like, music, art, like, maybe there's going to be something beautiful that comes out of this. And no! It's, like, just just mm. more, more fucking emptiness and people... Yeah. So, building off, of, building off of the borders. Yeah, yeah. So, if the borders leave, the family is going to lose money. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I was very interested with was this is a fairly moneyed perspective of destitution mm-hmm. um, because they are still making money. Yeah. At no point are they not making money right. if they have borders. Right. Um, but one of the bigger things that... <laughs> Like, was, like, oh, okay, I don't think these people know how to cope with actual destitution, was when uh, the book specifies that they replace the maid with an average, like, cleaning service person. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is supposed to be, like, this is how dire the situation is. is. Mm -hmm. And they were, like, you had a maid. I know. You can st- yeah. I, I'd like to know what that ma- what's going on with that maid's life. I know, right? Yeah. Like how how difficult things are if you can't afford anything and you only have, for the four of you, you only have one person actively working and bringing in income, yeah. but you still kind of have borders. Right, right. Coming in and you know, doing stuff for you. Oh my God. Um, Like, like it's, you see this a lot in like Jane Austen. <laughs> Yes, yes. When, when it's like, we're going to lose everything we have. We have to move to the smaller house and we'll only have a cook and one maid. Yeah, oh my God. Um, it's <laughs> like, you don't fucking hear you. You yourself. don't understand. Right, right. Um, it's, it's, it's so swept under the rug because the focus here is how terrible the living conditions are right. of the family. We sort of ignore the fact that it's like, well, they're still actually in a position of some privilege and it's interesting because there is a moment where that's kind of called out because gregor is overhearing the father talk about their finances and in hearing it he's realizing like oh they're not quite as bad off as i thought they Mm. were you know and like i was working my ass off but really they have some money in savings and like they're probably going to be okay, which it's kind of fascinating to think like, you know, he's in this position where like he has changed into a bug. He barely knows how to use his own body. And he's still thinking about whether they're okay. Mm -hmm. And he's realizing that maybe they were more okay than he thought. And he's maybe feeling a little bit used for yes, working. Exploited. Yeah, like for working his ass off when probably they would have been fine if he had slept a little more or gone out and had some fun. And, you know, like, I don't know. Fuck these people. Yeah, yeah, really, seriously. Oh my God. If, like, Gregor had like an ASMR channel he listened to (laughs) or if he read like the four agreements (laughs) we wouldn't have a book it's true it's true yeah yeah like like the second he's he's like it's called mindfulness (laughs) 
<laughs> there, there would nothing be. He would never have turned into a bug. Yeah, it never would happen. It's true. Yeah. Or an insect. An insect. Or not an arachnid, though. <laughs> It'd be really. I'm, your words, not mine. Really specific about that. <laughs> uh, so, okay. I want to come clean here. Okay. It might be that I don't like the translation. Ah, interesting. Um, but based in language, I find it almost impossible to connect with and stay in tune with this narrative. Mm-hmm. I'm with um, you. Now... I don't know which it is. Mm-hmm. Until I read it in German, I won't know. Right. So I don't want to poo-poo Donna Fried. No, of course and not. And I don't want to poo-poo Franz Kafka. Yeah, yeah. Um, but after I get through the part of the book that's like, Gregor's a bug, oh no. Yeah. I completely disconnect. Yeah. I think at that point, there's a level of uh, the the language machinations that's like, I can't listen to this book and sort of stay in tune with it. But there's also the structural, uh, it, not issues, because mm-hmm. this is beloved. Uh, this is a beloved text. Um, but there's not a single character that I can sort of fall in love with. Mm. Um it, like, we could make an argument that Greta the sister mm-hmm. is a sympathetic character, and we could make uh, we could make an argument for Gregor uh, to sympathize with him just because these are these are issues he's facing. Right. Um, but I feel like the scope of the story is so narrow-minded. Mm-hmm. It, it's so, like, this is what's going to happen. This is the truth of this world. Um, th- these are the issues. These are the problems. This is how it's going to go. This is... Uh, the desolation of of Gregor is inevitable. Uh, at that point, I'm like, I kind of know how it's gonna go. Yeah. There's, there's there there's no there's nothing else enriching for me to take from that situation, knowing that this is how it is. Right. The, his his family is never gonna like find it hard to care for Gregor and then embrace him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, the idea of they could have moved. Yeah. They could have seen if they could have moved. Yeah. With him. Yeah. Yeah. So they, if, there were so many other options. It, it's like we could we could interpret that the family was waiting for Gregor to die just to be sure mm-hmm. that he would never be able to make money for them again. Yeah. And yeah. And when that was clear, they just said, hey, fuck it. Let's hang out in the country. Yeah. Let's have things be good for once. It's like... <laughs> so awful. I can't connect with that. Yeah. I can't connect with it. It's like... She would never do this. But I could see Edith Wharton... <laughs> <laughs> taking a, a sort of Kafkaesque approach to a story. Mm-hmm. Like, like we can read The House of Mirth as like an inevitable tragedy. Mm. Like, there's so much in that book that points to things are not ever going to work out well for Lily Bart. Right. Um, but you still see her experiencing joy. Mm-hmm. She still is living her life with a sort of roundedness mm-hmm. that I I don't see present in Kafka. Yeah. So, so there's this sort of like deliberate lack of emotional nuance. Yes. I in, agree with that. Yeah. In the metamorphosis. So it's like, I'm not going to fault him for not understanding that other emotions exist. He knows that other emotions exist and he's eschewing them yeah. for the sake of what he wants to do with this text. And that I can respect. Yeah. It, it but makes, I don't have to like it. It's interesting too, because I also feel like even if this, if this story had been taken and almost pitched not pitch the tone were more of that as of a um like a horror or a thriller even that i could get more into but the fact that it's just despair <laughs> it's just a, <laughs> a story of despair 
I, yeah, I, 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 I'm going to say I was glad it was short because I was, just, <laughs> I kept, I kept wanting, like, like what I said about the violin moment, like I kept mm-hmm. wanting there to be this moment where something would happen and he would have a connection or they would have a connection to him. And like, there would be a re, um, a reintroduction of warmth of, of mm-hmm. actual connection and feeling. And it really just, it just, dwindled away like any sort of kindness any sort of love um the most affection by the end of it that he was getting was from the the cleaning service lady who's who who's coming in and being like hey you bug you know and it's just like like she's kind of like joking with him um treating him like like he's just this unusual pet Um, but still the relationship that you have to a pet is better than the relationship that you have to, a you know, a centipede that you want to kill in the basement. Like, you know, and, and that's, that's like how they're viewing Gregor at this Uh point. And it's just so, um, God, I hope I don't see a centipede now because I am in my basement. Um, (laughs) um, was that anecdote from experience? Uh, maybe. Yeah, we've. I've seen a few. I don't like them. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I also, uh, I, I'm glad that it was short. I'm glad it was short. And I. Uh, not a, That's not a good review. I, yeah. I'm not. Um, I, I don't think I see the world the same way Kafka did. I, I, so I definitely don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what I'm going to say next maybe does myself a disservice. Um, but. From what I can tell it in my writerly circle circles mm-hmm. is in many ways Kafka feels sort of like a writer's writer. Mm, okay. Um, like the things that he does deliberately or even subconsciously in his work, I like I see quoted and regurgitated from writers all the time. Um uh in, in particular if I can find what can I find? Uh, this this quote. So I see this quote a lot, which sort of is this quote always brings me back to maybe I should spend more time understanding Kafka. But it's um leopards in the temple. Mm-hmm. Leopards break into the temple and drink all the sacrificial vessels dry. It keeps happening. In the end, it can be calculated in advance and is incorporated into the ritual. Hmm. So that's the whole thing. And whenever I hear people referencing this quote, there's so much analysis that comes with it. Hmm. There, There's the, the curiosity of why it's leopards, why it's a temple. But then you actually have the narrative that's in there, which is they keep drinking out of all of the sacrificial vessels, which and they do it with such regularity that it's believed to be intentional. So, which started as an inconvenience, probably, for the people conducting the ritual, ends with the ritual not being complete until the leopards drink out of the vessels. Um, and it, it's this really brief and curious piece of writing, mm-hmm. um, from, from Kafka that is like, okay, well, let's keep coming back to that. What's going on here? Right. Um, and he frequently writes like this. This is why I see people referencing his journals so much, but <laughs> <laughs> With something like the metamorphosis, yeah, structurally we can't argue that it's sound, right? Like where we end up, we can predict and enjoy and maybe even savor from where we begin. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, I can I can confidently say, not my cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. It it it's it's dour. It is. Uh, and. Like the idea, the idea that there's no 
human connection that even then gets rejected by the end of the book uh almost for me does it an emotional disservice the emotional Mm. narrative that happens here like connecting through the music becomes like the closest we get to a form of connection right but kafka is obsessed with alienation he he's obsessed with seeing how we can separate uh our main character from all of the other characters yeah and it's it's it becomes a brutal and also i think speaks more towards individual misery than individual reality yeah um where our our perceptions of how separate we are from other people often are subjective rather than based in fact yeah they tend to be based in opinion that we write ourselves yeah totally uh, which is where i end up falling on on texts like the metamorphosis yeah where it's it's like gregor again doesn't have the ability to communicate that to his family right but his family still his family and so at that that point it's just on them to suck Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. or rise to the occasion like, why not just stand up with your violin, move to the bug, and say, no, watch this, and just yeah. play to the bug. Yeah. Go to the circus, have a pretty cool act. Yeah, yeah, right? Um, yeah, I feel, sorry, I feel like there was something I was going to say. You you just, like, um, outlined everything really um, with a lot of clarity, and I appreciate that, that, like, I think that that is my major beef with the story, I think, is that I don't, um, I find it hard to believe that Gregor would just be abandoned so quickly, so rapidly by his family, um, because I, I mean, I guess there are just terrible people in this world, right? Um, and I mean, maybe there that's, are, but but I I don't think that that's the default human condition, I guess. And it feels, it almost feels a bit like he has as bleak of a worldview as like Golding does, you know, where it's like left to our own devices, we're just gonna fucking abandon each other and. I could see. I rank you know, Kafka higher than Golding. I, I mean, I think the writing is better. <laughs> um, but, but I mean, and there, there are, there are moments of connection or near connection. Yeah. Um. But, but the, I think I just can't. I can't get behind the worldview of. Mm-hmm. Fundamentally, everybody being out for themselves, and if you can't serve me, then I'm gonna drop you, you know, mm-hmm. and and not even think twice about it, not mm-hmm. even really grieve, you know. It's like when he's dead, they don't even ask what happened to his body. They celebrate. The, Just... the the cleaning lady takes care of it, and they're like, "Woohoo! Let's go to the country!" Like you could eat easily, or Kafka. Maybe not easily, but Kafka could could have written this to be Gregor resumes his human form after a yeah. period of time and kicks his family out of the apartment. Yeah, and like, honestly, I I was kind of waiting for something like that to happen. Like, <laughs> I really was, or like 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 some. It's too tidy. Some continuation of the metamorphosis, right? That like he becomes like half person, half human. Like I think that was the other thing well, I, I wanted. Like Jeff Goldblum in the fly. <laughs> yes, yes. Like I wanted something. They put Gregor through a teleporter <laughs> with another human. I wanted something to be. Um, I think I just wanted something more to happen. I didn't want Gregor's story to end in absolute despair and isolation. And I mean, maybe Kafka is just saying like, hey, in the end, all we have is ourselves. Like, but but the fact is that even having himself, Gregor doesn't feel peace. He doesn't feel contentment. Mm-hmm. He doesn't feel anything good, really. He just, he he's just like, my back hurts because my dad threw an apple at me and I'm getting weaker and I don't want to eat and nobody wants to see me and my room is dirty and I guess I'll just go die now. 
And it's just like so. It's just a Saturday. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like, really, is this, is this really what we all have to look forward to? Cause that's like, fuck, like that's so terrible. And and so I think it's important to stay state that not all stories (laughs) need happy endings. No, of course not. Of course Um, not. Like, like we, we, we laud, we laud uh, Native Son on yeah. this podcast all the time, which is not a happy so ending. Uh, but it it's a book that has that complexity to it. Right. Um, and so I, I'm not here to um, gripe that Franz Kafka doesn't know how, to, how the world works. No. Because that's, that's unfair. Right. Uh, because the, this is genuinely some people's world. Yeah. Uh, this um, coldness, cruelness, emptiness, capitalist horror. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the metamorphosis. Um, but it seems cruel, narrow, mm-hmm. and closed off Yeah. In, in a lot of its philosophy. Rather than leaving, like, leaving it a little bit more open-ended to be like, wouldn't it be fucked up if these two things were true? Right. Rather than uh like a moment of the family in their quiet moments always wonder about gregor or or just like something that lingers about him but yeah uh rather than it's absolutism um that i feel like does not necessarily gel yes what i would perceive yeah um man have anything else about the metamorphosis no, I think I, I think I've said my piece. <laughs> All right, let's go to rabbits. <laughs> All right. Rabbit. I hate rabbit. If there's anything I hate more than a rabbit, it's two rabbits. Hello and welcome to Rabbits. This is the segment at the end of the show where Marty and I rank uh, today's book on a scale of none to five rabbits. We're allowed to use decimals, but try not to think too much about what it means to have a half rabbit. Mm. Uh, so, Marty, I saw that your cat just joined you. She did, yeah. She's just uh, she's just chilling. She's like, I love Franz Kafka. Yeah. <laughs> this is how I feel. <laughs> I f- I'm so glad that we're finally covering canonical works. <laughs> yeah, she's a cutie. How many uh, how many rabbits oh, God. would you give the metamorphosis? This one is hard because I don't like fundamentally hate it, but I think I'll be okay if I never read it again. <laughs> um, and I don't think it's I think it's an important book um, or short story, whatever novella. Um, mm-hmm. And that it is influential. Um, hey, this is maybe this is gonna sound too low, and I'm sorry to all the Kafka heads I may be offending, but I'm gonna say two and three quarters for two me. Two and three quarters. Yeah. It's because it's not quite it's not quite that middle for me. It's I I can appreciate what it's what it's doing and saying, but I also didn't really enjoy it and don't really agree with the worldview that it is positing. So it's hard for me to like it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Um, I kind of feel like I err more on the sides of two and three quarters. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to give it that final point two five mm-hmm. um, for... I don't know my my respect for for Kafka. Kafka's for for Kafka's understanding of the medium. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, it is it is very personal of a, of a worldview. Like even if you read like the Scarlet Letter. Yeah. Like that's a brutal book. It is. But it's it's not like everything's fucked and there's no reason to to live. But right. we're doing it. Right, I just feel um, like there's like not even a glimmer of hope in this book, and I can't. It, it's doomed from the beginning. I can't live like that. <laughs> and in, it, in fact, part part of the dramatic tension of the story 
seems to rely on the reader's ability to hope for mm-hmm. Gregor. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's necessary to keep asking yourself, maybe it will get better for him. Right. Only to be let down in that hope time and again. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is why I feel like as a piece of art, I, I think it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as as a piece of like literature and reading um, and sort of narrative satisfaction, it definitely leaves me wanting. Yeah. Uh, wanting for not something more or something else, but something separate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Se- separate from the the reality that we we find ourselves in. Right. With, uh, the world of the metamorphosis, which Oof. is rather. Uh, bleak, bleak, bleak. Yeah. But better, better word than I was going to use. Um, and to think that people actively translate this one. I know. To think you sit, yeah. you, like, people sit down and be all like, mm, "Yes, you know yeah. what I want to do. I want to exert wanna... every part of my brain." Oof. Yeah, I don't know. That's not a job I will ever <laughs> seek out. <laughs> All right, okay, but cool. So that's the metamorphosis down. Yeah, we did it. Two and three quarters and th- three, I said? Yes, you did say three. I forgot yours during Charlotte's Web. I forgot mine <laughs> during metamorphosis. Um, and yeah, so that um, that that rounds out our bug weeks. Yeah, it does. It's bug, bug night for us, but it's bug, bug weeks night. for um, for the reader, the readers, the listeners, the listeners. Uh, and so that was us. Thank you for listening to the summer reading podcast. Yeah. I have been your professor. My name is Jack. That has been Marty. Marty. She has been your librarian. Mm-hmm. Our music was done by Nathan Morrissey. He's a good lad. You can find him on Instagram at nathan.morrissey77. Our editor is my beautiful, amazing, wonderful, beautiful, uh, brilliant mother rosa maria you can find her on etsy and on instagram at crochetwell all one word uh marty will tell us what our email address is our email address is summerreadingpodcast at gmail.com please send us a note feedback book recommendations be nice uh yes please, please. in fact you can send us anything as long as you're nice to yeah us. just be nice just be nice um uh and uh, thank you for listening uh, next week, uh, we hope you will join us for our return to series week, <laughs> where we read the third installment of Stephanie Meyer's Twilight series, yeah. Eclipse. So excited. Yes, see you then. <laughs> Bye.